Green. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Bird 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! Appreciate you streaming on in here on Birds 365. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. You're Mac and Mac. Birds 365 guys. All right, Johnny Mac. Um, you and I were here the Monday after the Eagles got beat up by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the first round of the playoffs, and we said, "Now we got to eight. We got to wait eight months. Eight months until the Eagles play another meaningful game." And then we went through the OTAs. We got down to single-digit weeks. Only nine weeks before the Eagles uh, kick off against the Detroit Lions. Well, earlier last week, was nine days, single digits. We're down to nine days. Johnny Mac, I tell you that we are now down to just double-digit hours. We are 99 hours and wow. change away yeah. from the start of the Philadelphia Eagles football season in Detroit against the Lions. And the hype has gotten to the point where I'm starting to look in the other direction, Jody. You know, when everybody goes one way, that's not a good sign. You're doing a zigzag thing? Yeah, that's not a good sign. So I I got an email from one of the betting services, and that shall remain nameless because all our listeners should go to Ocean Casino and Resort. So I'll say that. Um so I'm, I want to read how it was described. The Eagles have received more bets and over twice as much money to finish with the NFL's best record as the rest of the NFC combined. Combined. Really? Yes. The, well, let, let me get this straight. The NFC's best record. NFL's best record. record. NFL's best record. NFL, they're going to win the most. NFL. You know, that's not outrageous because the AFC is. Yeah, is the AFC is tougher. So that part makes some sense. But I mean, come on. All right, where, 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 where are we going with this? What If the expectations are that out of whack, where are we going with this? All right, well, I understand know. betting's a little bit different because you're looking for some value and the Eagles are 25 to 1 in, in that particular bet. So. You're getting some value there. You're getting some heft, but oh, this, this is, this is, this is becoming the tipping point to me. 
Okay. This is becoming the tipping point where people, the expectations are getting a little bit outrageous. Let me, let me try and uh, see if I understand. Are you talking about winning the Super Bowl or winning the most regular season games? Winning the most regular season games. That, there's, that, there's a little bit of a difference. There's a big difference. There's yeah. a big difference because the AFC is better and the AFC is going to beat up on each other. So you could finish with the best record if you're the best team in the NFC. And, 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 and maybe it's more likely the best team in the NFC finishes with a better record than the best team in the AFC for that reason. I agree. Uh, so it's, but the AFC team wins the Super Bowl because they're better. Um, that's, that's a, a potential scenario. So this probably. wagering site you're talking about has a separate pool for who yeah, is just going best to record. win best regular season. Who is record. going to win the most games? And the Eagles are twenty five to one in that. Yeah, Eagles twenty five to one have received you know, more bets. That's, that's not an outrageous bet. Uh, and I think that's a pretty good bet. My... You're 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 looking at it and going, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Well, I'm actually going. I'm thinking about it. Well, I'm saying betting's a little bit different than just saying they're the best team. I I agree with you. You're looking for value. You're you're looking for all this stuff. But it what spawns from that is the expectations. It is more than that. And I think the expectations for this team, I always use that term skipping steps. I think people are skipping steps with this team. I really do at this point. Look, there's a lot of potential. I'm not saying they're not. I expect them to win 11 games. I expect them to win at the NFC East. I expect them to go to the playoffs. So don't start with the I hate the Eagles stuff. I expect them to be a very good team. I, I can't I can't go that next step and say they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Maybe I can after a 2017-type Carolina game somewhere along the line and maybe we say whoa this team's better than we expected but i'm not there yet jody and i think a lot of people are okay i can tell you one that is you're looking at them because i am officially as of today this morning right now 807 on the wednesday before the season gets underway i'm jumping to 12. You oh. and I both, when oh. the schedule came out, we went through it. We both came out at 11. I think we both, as a matter of fact, said, if not 11, go no, up. No, well, I'm you still said go going back backward. to 10. I'm still going back. You're going backward to 10. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. not only a strong 11, I'm officially a 12. I think I'm a strong 11, but if you force me, if you push me, and I like your exercise there, I've said that, I like it. I'm still going backwards. Well, then I you're think not a strong 11. The only way you're well, a strong 11 is if you look at a camera and go, well, if by, it's not 11, I'm going up to 12 rather than back to 10. Well, by strong 11, I mean, I think they're going to win 11 games. I think I'm very comfortable with that number. I'm not comfortable with 12. So, you know, depends I on am. your definition. Um, I'm going to 12. And I think I mentioned this here on uh, Birds 365. Oh, I bet the Eagles to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, against the Miami Dolphins. Well, you're part of it too, Jody. When you See, got, I gotta hey, listen if, to you, if, if, to if I'm if, if the Eagles get bounced in the first round of the playoffs, you can have at me. Come uh, when you and I do emergency. Well, I got the Eagles getting bounced anyway. in the first round of the playoffs, but I do have them having a home game. But I still think they're getting bounced. 
because I think there's going to be a veteran playoff team that's that's a wild card that's going to come in here, whether it's Tampa Bay or Los Angeles, and everybody's going to talk. Well, it's going to be cold in January. No, those those teams know how to win, and that's where I think you're. Some people not used, but some people are skipping steps, and that the assumption that you see it all the time. You saw it with Buffalo last year. I mean, Buffalo should have won that game. Let's be honest. Sometimes you're going to learn from. Um, a, a, a loss like that, and and you got to go along the way. The Rams are a perfect example as well. Before they get over the hump, you know, made it all the way to the Super Bowl. Had a terrible Super Bowl against New England. I mean, just an embarrassing performance from the coaching staff against New England. And they learn from that. And you know, it can, can go go in a negative direction as well. But for them, it didn't. For Buffalo, we'll see. Well, it it um, took, a couple, took a couple years for the Rams to turn. Yeah, but they're always in the win. playoffs. They're always in the playoff mix. Um, and that's the thing Andy Reid always preached, which I agree with. Just get there and you never know what happens. So from that standpoint, look, the Eagles are going to, you never know. You never know. But I, I you know, there's, there's a lot of teams with experience. I haven't even brought up Green Bay. There's a lot of teams that you know are going to be there with experience in, in playoff situations. Um, and the Eagles got some last year, but it wasn't positive. But it helped. I'm not saying it didn't help. It it, it helped to go through that. Um, but then let me, let me ask you about one of the teams you just mentioned. Is Green Bay's playoff experience helpful? Well, I look, I know they're – is the problem with Green Bay, and Green Bay's out of whack. I always say Green Bay has the most spoiled fan base in the world. I've been saying this for years. They don't know how the other half lives. They've had 30 years, 30 consecutive years, Jody, of Hall of Fame quarterback play. Hall of Fame quarterback play for 30 consecutive years. And there are some teams that can't find a quarterback to save their lives, even a decent quarterback, never never mind a Hall of Fame quarterback. And they only have two Super Bowl championships to show for it. That the, the expectation of that team, that fan base, is to win every single week. That fan base goes into every game thinking they're going to win it. And by the way, they should. You know, even when they're not favorite, they think they're going to win because they're used to having that kind of quarterback play. So when they don't win, it's such a huge letdown. I think people overreact to it. Last year, I mean, they should have won that game, similar to Buffalo. Special teams gap. San Francisco was awful in that game. They were awful too, but they should have won the football game. They didn't. In a one-and-done situation, you can always have those – that's why it's so tough to win a Super Bowl. They're going to be there, though, Jody. They're I think gonna they're going to be, be in the playoffs, but uh, just the same way you track 35 years of Hall of Fame play. We're looking at a decade now of not being able to get over the top. At some point, you look at and go, all right, yeah, we're going to win 12 games. We're going to win 13 games. But why do we think we're going to win a playoff game? If you're conditioned by what's previously happened, the same way you describe the fan base looking at the great quarterback play and the outrageously good regular season records, you can also say the same thing about the postseason. That well, they you can always you, don't you can get always there when look, they need to with that Hall of Fame quarterback. Only one team 
is standing at the end. So we, we can say that about Kansas City. We've said it about Andy Reid for years, as good as Patrick Mahomes is. He's only got one. <laughs> you know, he's much younger. But it's really, really difficult. Josh Allen, 13 seconds away. He's got none yet. Um, you, you can always harp on the fact that only one team wins at the end. And it's that's why it's very difficult. But it was the same thing. And by the way, you were right. You know, Tom Brady lost in the end last year, but he's won plenty. He's won more than anybody else. But you were right when it came into, you know, Eagles fans were saying, well, you know, that roster matches up some Eagles fans. That roster matches up better with so-and-so. Give us Tampa Bay. And you were yeah, like, was, you, don't want, you, don't, you don't want Tom Brady. You don't no. want Aaron Rodgers. You don't want Aaron You never want it. There's nobody. There's no defensive coach in this league. And I've talked to a bunch of them that is going to say, give me Aaron Rodgers. Nobody, nobody in this league. I see you say, I'm telling you, Jody, nobody in this league wants to face Aaron Rodgers. Doesn't mean you can't beat them. Plenty of teams have, but it makes it, I always talk about margin of error. It makes it more difficult. It oh, makes it, it more was. difficult. I said last year, and you'll remember it, John. I wanted Aaron Rodgers before I wanted Tom Brady. Well, that's a mistake. I wanted uh, Okay, we got Tom Brady. How'd that work out? It didn't work out well, but it wouldn't have worked out well with Aaron either. Mm. I mean, they weren't prepared. It's, that's it, something it, we'll never know. We know well, it happened against Brady and the Bucks. We'll never know what would have happened. San Francisco did go in there despite not scoring an offensive touchdown. They found a way to win the game. Well, yeah, and they deserve credit for it. And, you know. I, I, then you can go fast forward and say they should have won uh, the championship game, to be honest, if, if Joukowsky Tart could pick off an easy pass. You know, and then the whole Rams narrative is different. That's why I don't get caught up in individual situations. If you're coming to me as a defensive coordinator and say, give me Aaron Rodgers, I'm looking, I'm rolling my eyes at you. I'm, I, I don't want any stinking part of that. That doesn't mean I'm going to roll over. That doesn't mean I'm not going to try to beat the guy. That doesn't mean I'm, I'm, I'm not going to beat the guy. But if you give me options, and I've said this a lot over the years, and anybody who's listened to me knows, nobody has ever played the position at a higher level than Aaron Rodgers. Nobody. And, and, and that's not coming from me. That's coming – from defensive coaches that I've talked to. And yeah, I generate a, a tremendous respect for the guy. And I know people like him, dislike him for other reasons and have at it. He seems like a insufferable guy, to be honest. But uh, that doesn't, that's not going to tint my view of his football acumen. And, and my overranging point is you still have Green Bay, you still have Tampa Bay, you still have the Rams, you still have the 49ers who, by the way, I'm picking to go to the Super Bowl. Really? You're you on have the Trey, all these teams. You're on the Trey Lance bandwagon? Yeah. Here's, here's my thought, and this is why I picked San Francisco. They made a Super Bowl. They should have made another Super Bowl with a quarterback the coach hates. If Trey Lance can play even a little bit, they're going to be better, and they have the best roster in the NFC. That's why I'm picking San okay. Francisco. Good. Good luck um, with that. I'll, I'll take Trey Lance as a playoff opponent. If the Eagles get there and they get San Francisco, I'll take my chances 
well, but that's... playing Trey Lance and the 49ers over Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Well, that yeah, but that's that's my point, Jody. I'm not picking Trey Lance to beat Aaron Rodgers. I'm not picking Trey Lance to beat Matthew Stafford. I'm not picking Trey Lance to beat uh, Aaron Rodgers. I'm not even picking Trey Lance to beat Jalen Hurts. I'm picking the 49ers to beat insert name. Well, but that's what I said about the Packers. And you go, yeah, but it's Aaron Rodgers. The Packers don't win in the playoffs. Margin of error, When they Jody. get there the last 10 years, the Packers don't win. But you say, well, oh, no, many... no defensive coordinator would want to face Aaron Rodgers. Well, you're not facing, you're facing Aaron Rodgers. But you're facing Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and the Packers have a track record of not winning big games in the playoffs, even losing at home but, in the but, playoffs. But, 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 I mean, this is the same thing I've went through for years with Andy Reid. Andy Reid can't win the big game. How many stinking playoff games has Andy Reid won? How many stinking playoff games? He loses the last one, and then it clouds the vision. How many championship games have the Packers been in? How many? They're winning playoff games. Now, they didn't do it last year, so there's a little recency bias, but they've won a lot of playoff games over the years. I, I, you know, if, if it becomes, and I say all this time, I say this all the time, if it becomes Ricky Bobby rules, and, you know, if you're not first, you're last, all right, then everybody's a disappointment. And guess what? The Eagles are going to be a disappointment. But I don't look at it that way. I look at, and, and this is when I talk about the Eagles offense, and we'll get into this, and we got our buddy Mike Gill already hopping in the green room. But I, I say the Eagles, the Eagles have to maximize their chances. They have to maximize their chances. They don't have to maximize the Chargers' chances or the Bengals' chances by trying to turn Jalen Hurts into Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow or anybody else. It's Nick Sirianni's job to maximize the Eagles' chances, not anybody else. Right. Some other teams have better quarterbacks, but the Eagles might have a better roster. So that's already what we're talking about. Because guess what? Dallas is a better quarterback. But I pick the Eagles to win the NFC East. Well, at least you got that right. All right, John McMullen, Jody McDonald here with you on Birds 365. As John mentioned, our uh, usual Wednesday guest, Mike Gill from uh, 97.3 ESPN down at shore, ready to hop aboard with us as the countdown to the Eagles season is in double-digit hours. 99 and change before the kickoff against Detroit. We'll come back, kick it off with Mike Gill next here on Birds 365. My wife was in an accident that changed our lives forever. She was in rehabilitation for years. She had to learn to walk again. She couldn't take care of herself. We couldn't afford a nurse. We were running out of options. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. They understood what we were going through and immediately helped us navigate the legal process. We can't thank them enough. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. 
It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. You got your Mega Mac guys here on Birds 365. Mike Gill is on the road today. Where the hell you going, Gill? I'm going to the airport, man. I'm on my way to Philly, and the traffic is brutal. Where are you going? My girlfriend's going to L.A. I'm driving her to the airport. I'm on All airport right, that's a good. Uh, that's a good, you know, that's, that's, that's a good boyfriend, Mike. I got to give you a plug, especially when you got to go all the way up for to Philly from you, you know, if it's a little Atlantic City Airport track, that's not bad. I know it's, uh, but ACY doesn't get you to, to LA, so no. Philly no. it is. Yeah. What right, what what gate is she flying out of, real quick, to get the minutia done? Hope it's not A. Tell her, hope it's not A. Terminal B. She All right, you're Terminal fine. B. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> All right. All right. Good, if we can get there, this traffic is brutal. It doesn't help that it's raining out here, but. Yeah, getting there might be the toughest part. Once you get to the airport, it may actually be easier than uh, getting there. All right, Gil, I'm, I'm jumping from 11 to 12 wins. I said it this morning. I'm more excited about the Eagles. John thinks the optimism has kind of overflowed here and is now worrying maybe that we should skim back the optimism on the Eagles. Big picture. Yeah. How good are the Eagles going to be? How many games you got them winning? Yeah, you know, it's funny because we opened up yesterday with, look, they're the betting favorite now, right? I saw them at plus 130, Dallas at plus 155. And John and I discussed on my show yesterday, you know, Philadelphia, I think, has a better 53-man roster, but Dallas has the better quarterback, and they have the best defensive player of both teams. So how much do you weigh a quarterback versus a roster, and the fact that they have Michael Parsons, and the Eagles simply don't. As much as the Eagles' defense has improved, they don't 
don't have that one player that can wreck a whole game, do they? So uh, I think it's definitely an interesting question. Uh, there was a national radio host yesterday who asked who will win the East. 8,700 votes came in, and 57% of those people picked the Eagles, which kind of is odd to me because yeah. national radio doesn't generally work in Philadelphia. Dallas has fans all over the place, and still 57% felt the Eagles will win the East. So I see where John's kind of putting some caution here. Why are all these people all of a sudden scares me? Scares me. I Mike. think Philadelphia is better than Dallas. But if you look at it, I mean, you, the Eagles have a better offensive line. Their wide receiving core is probably deeper. I like their tight end better. Not my much. Schultz is pretty good. The running game depends on how they use Pollard, if you ask me. Uh, Parsons is the best player, but I think everywhere else, Philly's probably deeper and better. It's just that they have the best player on offense and defense that kind of makes this an interesting debate. But I got the Eagles at around 11, Jody, 11. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm at 11 as well, Mike, and I haven't wavered from that. And if I were forced to go up or down, I'd probably go back to 10. I just think, and, and here's, here's the email I got. Forget about the Cowboys, because I think the Eagles are going to win the NFC East. I think the tipping point, as I said on your show, was the Tyron Smith injury. And then, you know, I get this email in, in, in my e- e- email box from one of the betting services. The Eagles have received more bets and over twice as much money to finish with the NFL's, the NFL, not just the NFC, the NFL's best record as the rest of the NFC combined. That means the Rams, the 49ers, the Packers, the everybody. People love this Eagles team. That scares me. <laughs> but I tell you, it, uh, it should, right? I mean, they it, went from it, a team two years ago, right? They went from a team two years ago that seemed like they were in disarray, right? It, it was yeah. disarray two years ago. And now all of a sudden people think, I've seen people pick up the win to go to the Super Bowl for God's But if anything, the Cincinnati Bengals have showed you how quickly, and this league in general, have showed you how quickly things can kind of turn around. We have to forget that two years ago they were in disarray and look at it in this vacuum of 2022. And I know fans have a hard time with that sometimes, especially, and this is where the Eagles should be separate from that. Yes, they don't have a lot of historical success in terms of Super Bowls, but overall, their franchise in the last 25 years has been a very successful franchise, saved from winning Super Bowls. So you should be able to believe in this team. They have, they have the experience in winning. Do they win the big game? No. But how many teams, this is the problem I have with fans sometimes, how many teams have multiple Super Bowls in a 20-year span? Two, three? And, yeah, if you're managing yourself up against New England, uh, the Giants won two long ago. Uh, Pittsburgh has two in my lifetime. Not many teams win multiple Super Bowls. So the fact that you have one says you're successful in the last 20 years. All right. Let me let me uh, maybe school you guys a little bit here. 
about why it's not impossible for the Eagles to have the most wins in the NFL. Do we all three agree that the AFC is much more difficult than the NFC? Yeah. Do you agree with that, Mike Gill? Uh, we had this discussion the other day. I'm a little uh, – I think there's 11 NFC teams. Is it 11 or 13? One conference, I think 11 teams can make it. And the other conference, I think 13 teams can get in. That's how many teams I think have playoff potential. By the way, that's what, that, that's what makes the NFL great because there's probably 24 fan bases around the NFL that thinks their team is going to make the playoffs. Yeah, there are very few teams where I say I just don't see them making the playoffs. But okay. I think the conferences are closer than maybe you do then, Jody. Yeah, I think the AFC is significantly better. <laughs> so um, I'm going to eliminate all the AFC teams because they got to play each other. They're all going to beat up on each other. There aren't there 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 are not as many lesser lights at the bottom in the AFC as there is in the NFC. So yeah, I'm going to take out the possibility of an AFC team having the best record. Which oh by the way, last year the Tennessee Titans had the best record in the AFC. People forget that now. Tennessee yeah. won the most games in the AFC last year, and oh by the way, the AFC got better this year when adding a Russell Wilson and eventually a Deshaun Watson, who's not going to help the Browns get anywhere, but it'll help them in the last two months of the season. So I'm I'm putting the entire AFC beside to the side. Who's going to win more games than the Eagles in the NFC? Maybe the 49ers, uh, maybe the Rams, maybe the Packers, maybe the Bucks. That's it. That's it. So uh, you've already gotten the Eagles to the fourth spot of all the teams in football. If there's only three in the NFC who can win more. Johnny thinks San Francisco can. I'm sorry. I'm not as big a big Trey Lance believer as he is. But I'm yeah. going to say the Eagles are going to win more games than uh, the 49ers. I'm not a big Trey Lance believer. I'm a big Trey Lance has got to be better than Jimmy Garoppolo believer. And that's already a good team. And, you know, you could have sort of a Kaepernick effect where they went to the Super Bowl with Colin um, because the rest of their roster, much like in Philadelphia, is so talented. So if people can look at Jalen Hurts and say, Jalen Hurts, now he's farther along. He's played. He's played a full season. But still, there's uncertainty at the quarterback position. You know, San Francisco is probably even better from their perspective. They certainly have proven to be better over the last three, four-year span. So, and again, Mike brings up a good point with the Cowboys. And and this was a big part of the, the loss to Tampa Bay. The Eagles didn't have difference makers. Tampa Bay did. Dallas still has difference makers. Dallas has the Micah Parsons, the Trayvon Diggs, the Dak Prescotts. Now, we hope the Eagles have it with A.J. Brown. We hope the Eagles have it with Hassan Reddick or somebody of that nature. James Bradbury added to Darius Slay. But do they have enough splashy players? Do they have enough? Game wreckers, as Mike Gill said, offensively or defensively. Um, Mike? Well, I can ask this question, too. Is C.D. Lamb ready to be an A number one wide receiver? Can he handle that? Michael Gallup hurt. Do they have enough depth to make plays around C.D. Lamb? I think how they manage their run game is big. Is Pollard finally going to be the guy, because I took him in my fantasy league last night, to get more carries than Zeke Elliott. You know, I think they need to start 
making that phase, that shift of Pollard getting more touches than Elliott. And until that happens, I think there's still a lot of questions. They're off at the line. Yeah, who the hell knows what they're going to do? Up, you know, I mean, the Smith Jason kid. Beers, there was a lot. Of, right, there was a lot of questions about Smith when they drafted him, and now they got to kick him out to the left tackle spot. I guess until Jason Peters is in game shape, and even Peters, I'm not an anti Peters or any Peters hater, but he's certainly not the same player that he was. I mean, you're getting an average guy at best at that spot. I think their offense has a lot of questions, and their defense I think exceeded many people's thoughts because Parsons was so good. And look, quite frankly, Diggs, he splashed with interceptions, but very beatable. I mean, people still, it wasn't like he's Deion Sanders and people didn't go after him. No, they went It's probably over the wall. Now there's a lot of questions. There's always a dead spot there. Mike, are you going over the Walt Whitman? There's always a dead spot. No, I'm on. I'm on that well. Yeah, dead spot. You got me Mike now. Uh, we'll see if we can get him back. Otherwise, there's Mike. We yeah. want to make sure you get your girlfriend safely to the airport. So, but my bigger picture, uh, Mike. My bigger picture is. Forget about the Cowboys. Did the Eagles have enough of those difference-making players? Because I think they were lacking. I think they were lacking that last year. They didn't have those oh, splashy no guys who could make those big plays. See, and I think the Eagles' splash is a collective group. You know, with Dallas has C.D. Lamb, that's their guy. Philly has a couple of guys. Is is one guy the be all end all? That guy. Maybe not. A.J. Brown, I think he's just a, a, a tick below that A number one guy. But with him and Smith, now you have two guys that are really good. You throw Goddard into the mix, really good. I think their question is on defense. Where, Who is the guy on defense that if I'm game planning for the Philadelphia Eagles, I need to make sure I know where number who is on the field at all times. And that's where I think they still maybe lack that splash player is on defense. So let me get this straight. You like C.D. Lamb better going into this year than A.J. Brown? No, no, that's my question, Jody, was can C.D. Lamb be an A number one? I don't know. I don't know the I, answer I, to that I, question. I, I love that kid, man. I, I, I'm going to get in trouble with Eagles fans. He may, I love C.D. Lamb. I love He that. may be able to do it, but last year he had Cooper, and Cooper took a lot of pressure off, and, and Lamb was very good. He wasn't A number one, and now – Who's playing on the other side of him right now? Yeah, your guess is as good as mine because uh, they they lose Cooper and they lose Cedric Wilson, another guy that I like. Um, so I think right. Cedric Lamb is going to draw. Certain. I think he's going to draw a lot of double teams this year. Yeah. Well, exactly. I don't know where I don't I don't know where Michael Gallup is. Obviously, the hope is you get him up to speed as quickly as possible because that's a good receiver. Uh, Jalen Tolbert's there, third round pick. I don't know what he can do, uh, but yeah, I think I think CD Lamb. I'm not saying he's better than AJ Brown, but I think he's in the conversation. I think he's at that level. I think he's a borderline top ten receiver. I think they're in the same category for me. I'd, I I think the kid's great, uh, you know. But I think I think the better comparison is CD Lamb had his second year in the league last year. Can Devontae Smith do this year what C.D. Lamb did last year for the Cowboys? I think so. And if he can, and if he can, I think Philadelphia has 
that's where they get, they have more weapons, and maybe they don't have that one splash player, but they have two guys who can be a problem. If you double A.J. Brown this week, okay, Smith can be the guy. I don't know if you double C.D. Lamb, I don't know that Michael Gallup could be the guy for that week. Maybe he can. I mean, he's coming off an injury right now. He might miss some time. Dalton Schultz is another nice player. But, I, I, I mean, to me, Dallas has a lot of questions with with Ken Lamb kind of take on that role now as being the guy as opposed to being – he was in the Davante Smith role last year where they had Cooper. Now they don't have Cooper. And I guarantee – I would imagine, guys, that the coverage is going to change on him. Yeah, I, I, with the Eagles offense, like I've been the – I think everybody's expecting these huge numbers. Like, uh, you know, Jody said, can Devontae Smith do what C.D. Lamb did? I don't know if you want him to. Can mm-hmm. he be more impactful? Maybe, you know, because I think the Eagles have to have a different type of offense. So if I throw out numbers like A.J. Brown has – 1100 yards and Devontae Smith is at 850 and Dallas Goddard's at 850. Is that going to be disappointing for Eagles fans or are they just going to look at the number of wins, which I hope is what they're going to look at. But I mean, if you're expecting big fantasy football numbers from the third option in a, whoever you consider the third option to be, the Eagles consider it to be Devontae Smith. But if it's Devontae or Dallas Goddard, I mean, how much could you rightfully expect from a third option? Well, it's funny. What did uh, Quez Watkins have last year? About 650 yards? I don't think anybody was yeah. talking about, like, wow, he had 650 yards. Um, and he was the third option for the most part. If Devontae Smith, or if, uh, Devontae Smith as the second option gets 850 yards, you're right, John. People might say, ah, he's not all that good. But it's not that he's not all that good. It's just there's only one ball to go around, and you have a lot of good options in this offense. I think for me, for Devontae Smith, I want to see what his yards for catch is. How many big plays does he have? Because yeah. last year, I think that's yeah. what was lacking from him, was making the big play, the down-the-field play, that, that game-breaking play, because there was so much attention on him last year that he just couldn't get free. I want to see him be more of a game-breaker this time around this year than he was last year. Last year, he seemed like he was like a, a more of a possession guy than he was a big play guy. And I don't think that's really what fans were hoping for him. All right, Mike, last one for me, and we'll let you get to the uh, airport yeah. safely, bud. Um I'm here. Very, very specific question. This Sunday, nine minutes to go. Lions versus Eagles. Don't know who has the ball, but somebody has it with nine minutes to play. Are we in a one-score game? No, but it's 10 points, 13 points, 13 points. Oh, that's right, so even enough. if the Lions have it, the Lions can't tie it. So the Eagles keep them out of the end you know zone, what? they win. Even if they score a touchdown, they get the hands on the ball, they run out the clock, yeah. they win. And, and it's not a one-score game with nine minutes to go is what you're telling me. No, I don't think so. And last night, by the way, I got to see Hard Knocks for the first time, the fifth episode, and I, it's Dan Campbell basically cutting everybody. <laughs> and I will tell you this. I will tell you, like, that's one thing that I think is underrated in turning a an organization around is the culture 
that is set. And it seems pretty obvious that the guys getting cut there felt that the culture in Detroit is starting to change. I don't know that that means they're going to start winning. But, you know, uh, I had Joe Valerio on with me every Wednesday, and he told me, you know, when he got cut by Kansas City, Marty Schottenheimer, they brought his wife in. They, you know, they really had a conversation and thanked him for everything that he did. When he went to St. Louis, he said people showed up late to practice. They showed up late for meetings. They showed up wearing clothes that didn't have the logo. Not so in Kansas City. And he said that's why Kansas City was a successful organization. And, and when I went to St. Louis, they just simply were not. Don't discount those things. And maybe Detroit's going in the right direction. That doesn't mean they're going to win a lot of games. But I think they play hard and they play tough because they respect that guy. Yeah. As, as do I, but here's the deal. Nick Sirianni, Detroit's coach, both in their second year, both building their culture. Who's got a better culture right now, Philadelphia or Detroit? Oh, there's no question. And, and look, I think that's why Jacksonville, they had a clown show last year. They've got a guy who followed a clown show coming in yeah. there. Does that mean Jacksonville's yeah. going to win a lot of games? <laughs> no, but I think they're going to start believing and learning how to, to, to do that kind of stuff. And I think Indiana, uh, Jacksonville uh, has a shot. You know, 17 out of the last 19 years, a team has gone from last to first. I think Jacksonville has a shot to do that because that division stinks. Yeah. Well, we see your, your girlfriend opening up the hatchback, so go do your, your boyfriend duties at Mike Gill Show, ESPN South Jersey. Drive time 2 to 6 every day. Tell your girlfriend to enjoy the beautiful people out in Los <laughs> Angeles. Um, I wish I was going to Los Angeles. I'll it's be going father, to Romulus. Romulus, Michigan. She's surprising her father for his 70th birthday. Very nice. And her brother lives in Redondo. You know, her brother lives around the corner from my college roommate. How random is that? Wow. Wow. All right. Yeah. Well, tell your college roommate we said hi. Tell your girlfriend's father we said happy birthday and uh, make it back down to the shore safely. That's Mike Gill here with us on Birds 365. McMullen and McDonald continuing to roll. We got a good second guest coming up today, too. Uh, Gill in hour number one. Hour number two. I have no idea. I haven't read Marcus in a couple of days. Um, Johnny uh, Marcus Matthews. is on the bandwagon, too, man. He's with, he's with me. Eagles are going to win 12 games. Eagles I, have I, I don't know where Bowl. he is. Is he that much on the bandwagon, Johnny Mack? I don't know where he is number-wise, but uh, his latest column on the Eagles was, was uh, you know, they're pretty good. Uh, I'll let him describe it, but, um, you know, it, it's about Howie Roseman and, and, and Nick Sirianni being cocky uh, because they have the most talented team in the NFC East, and they should make noise in the playoffs is basically – what Marcus go. is saying. So, so Marcus and I are, are similar, and we love having Marcus on because he doesn't mince words. He tells you what he no. thinks, good, bad, or indifferent. He'll tell you what he thinks. He'll tell us what he thinks when he gets back. When we come back, um, I have a very specific question for Johnny Mac. Two words for you, Johnny Mac, and this will give you something to think about during the break. Contract extension. You should be able to figure out what question I'm going to ask you when we return. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald, the Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys.
the greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey, the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pond Lee Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Uh, Marcus Hayes from uh, the Philadelphia Daily News and uh, WIP is going to hop aboard ooh, about 20 minutes from now. Somewhere thereabouts, uh, get, get Marcus up a little earlier than usual in uh, hour number two. Looking forward to talking to him. All right, Johnny Mack. When we had uh, Seth Joyner on with us yesterday, did a great job, by the way. Thank you very much, Seth. <clears throat> we had him on for almost 40 minutes. Could have, could have been much longer. Right. It, we, it, if we had the capabilities of doing so, we would have kept them for an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, but the show is only so long, and Ricky Saratella jumps up after us. Um, in those 40 minutes, six questions? Maybe. I think between the two of maybe. us, maybe we asked. Maybe. Seth, is, he's just so great. You, 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 you set him up. Swind him up and let him, him go. And let him go. And he uh, did a great job with us yesterday. I hope. All of those of you who streamed in yesterday enjoyed listening to Seth. Um, one guy that he was specifically bullish on was Kaiser White, that he likes what he's seen. He said he's going to make White. the Pro Bowl. That's that's a major step yeah. up, and if that uh, happens, that will be great news for the Philadelphia Eagles in their defense this year. Kaiser White, James Bradbury, Miles Sanders. 
Javon Hargrave, Marcus Epps, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Maybe even you throw a uh, Brandon uh, Graham in there. There's a whole bunch of guys whose contracts end at the end of this season, Johnny Mack, who are starting for the Philadelphia Eagles or are going to be starting for the Philadelphia Eagles. One of Howie Roseman's traits, and it's a good one, and oh, by the way, I give you credit because you <laughs> kept pounding on this last year and you were so right. When the Eagles got to free agency, they made the big uh, signing with Desan Reddick, and then there was a little time that had to go by because there's ebbs and flows to free agency and how he knows how to play those waves and jump in when he should, aggressive when he has to, patience when he needs to. But not enough people were giving him credit for Goddard, Mylotta, Maddox. Three really big Sweat, signings that he Josh made Sweat. in season. And yeah. Josh Sweat, thank you. Right, all four of those guys, all in season. And people just glance, gloss over that, that that doesn't count. Well, that could have been a free agent signing. You yeah. would have had to re-sign those guys if they didn't get it done during yeah. the regular season. And, it, and they all would have been, every single one of them would have been more expensive. Every probably, single one of probably them. Probably right. So I just ran down a list of about eight or nine Eagle starters. Which one is how he going to lean on? Which one is he going to try and do first? Which one does he take the John McMullen suggestion and say, get it done now. Cause if I wait, it'll be more expensive down the road. Who is the Eagle that gets signed to a contract extension in season? And how early is early? Well, it starts this week, right? That's when Jordan Mylotta signed the day before the start of the regular season signed his extension. I believe it was was the it day was before. it before the first game? Yeah, the day wow, before. Wow, I'd I forgotten that. Um, the rest of the guys were in season. Um, uh, Goddard being the latest, I believe it might have been Maddox. They signed uh, almost. Yeah, that at, was Maddox at the same first. time. Yeah, just slightly um, before. Um, so. It, it's a little bit different this year because that year was all the same draft class, second year extensions. So you look at that second contract extensions, um, uh, extending guys, you look at the, the important players this year, it's either the prove it guys um, and Bradbury. Look, Bradbury's going to wait because if Bradbury plays well, he's going to cash in big. Um, so that makes it a little bit more difficult him. Kaiser got a, a really weak deal, um, to be honest. Um, you know, that could be in uh, weak for him, good for the yeah, Eagles. Yeah, weak, yes, weak for him. Yeah, very good for the Eagles. Um, that could he could be a candidate if he plays well early in the season, much like Tim Jernigan back in the day. Uh, and the Eagles extended him in season, didn't work out, but it didn't work out for injury perspectives. Tim was playing really well. Then he just got hurt and he had a bunch of bad luck after that. Um, that could be the Kaiser white road. As far as the two younger guys, I would look at Epsi and, and TJ Edwards. Um, I think Nicobe Dean complicates TJ a little bit. They might want to wait a little bit while to see if he can do it again. Um, but we'll see. And, and those guys would make sense. The most difficult ones are Javon Hargrave and Miles Sanders. We've talked about Miles a lot. I just don't think the Eagles want to pay him, um, pay the position 
not just Miles Sanders, a second level contract if he plays well. So, you know, what is the path to Miles Sanders re-signing with Philadelphia? I don't think it's a good one. I think the only way he comes back to Philadelphia, if he gets hurt again and the Eagles get him at a really cost-effective deal and they say, well, let's try it again. And they get him on a one-year, very cost-effective deal. If he plays well, if he plays really well, finally turns into a player a lot of people thought he could be, he's going to be too expensive. If he plays poorly, you don't want him. So that's that's a tough one. Uh, Javon, he's 30. Um, he's going to cost a lot of money. You you have Fletcher Cox on the on the on on the Jason Kelsey plan now as well, basically year to year. So to me, it comes down to who plays better. Who do you want next year, Fletcher Cox or Javon Hargrave? Um, you know, Brandon wants to be here at his age, thirty four, coming off an Achilles. Can you just say I'm going to give him another year? I guess it would have to be a very, very cost-effective number. Not point I'm trying to make with all these names. Not as obvious as last year. It was obvious last year, Jody. You got to get Jordan extended. You got to get Josh extended. You got to, most importantly at the time, Dallas Goddard, uh, Avante Maddox as well. Those were all obvious extension candidates, and they got them all done. They deserve credit for it. Not as obvious this time around. If you can get Marcus Epps. If they're right on Marcus Epps, and they're so high on Marcus Epps, I think, you know, it's gotten to the point where Jonathan Gannon spoke yesterday. By the way, I got to get into that, Jody. What a disaster those three press conferences were. But anyway. Why? Because they're following the leader oh, and I, refusing oh, to answer questions. Stop we need it, a Nick. competitive advantage stop. against the Detroit Lions. Is Nick. that why you're a little put yes. off, Johnny? Yes, yes. Nick, let the let, loosen the reins. My God, everybody knows what you're doing. Nobody cares. Um, the but Detroit the, Lions care, apparently, and he's right, not giving And they know what insight. he's doing. It's not a competitive advantage, but that's my own pet peeve. Um, so Gannon had about 15 questions. I don't think he got asked about Marcus Epps. I was about to ask him about Marcus Epps and they cut it off. Um, nobody even talks about the guy because he's become this constant. I don't know if we're skipping steps again with Marcus Epps, but everybody seems to love him. Um, he might be the one guy let's get in on the ground floor early and let's get that done. You know, and everything's about evaluation, obviously. So that's what it's about. It is tougher this year because the three guys, uh, the four guys that they got done um, were all Eagle drafts who were going on to their second contract. They'd fit a very tight mode of we picked them, we liked them, we were right about them, now we have to pay them. There really isn't – the guy who, who fits that mode more than anybody else is Miles. And let me play a little devil's advocate against you for your narrative of it doesn't look good for Miles getting signed, which I can't just dismiss. You're you're probably right, but I'll I'll take the other side for a second. He gets off to a good start, not a great start. I'm not saying he cracks the top five running backs in the NFL for the first six weeks. I'm not going to go that crazy because. You know, I think the Eagles are going to try and throw the ball more than they did last year. Uh, but I think Miles is going to get his fair share of carries 
if he's healthy, which we're told he is. Was that another uh, state secret yesterday? Whether Miles no, Sanders he's healthy. Actually... He's back at practice. Really? I've been you, telling you're people sure about that because they don't they don't like to let you guys see and or they don't. Well, like they to don't. Give out any I, well, I'll give you an team. example. Last week on Thursday, Nick Sirianni, I think it was our buddy Tim McManus who asked him about Miles, and Nick said, uh, "Wait for the injury report, something of that nature." I don't want to get in. I don't want to put timetables on that. Ten minutes later, Jody, we're on the practice field. There's Miles Sanders practicing, dancing with Jalen Hurts, completely fine, hundred percent. There's an example, of Nick Sirianni. I hope you're listening. Why? Ten minutes later, we see it for ourselves. There is no competitive advantage. I would it drives me insane. I would tend to agree with you. You know, I feel the same with you on that. Um, but let's say Miles is in the top ten of rushing in the NFL, six weeks in, and the Eagles are running the ball when they run it, running it effectively and effectively, and mostly with Miles. The offense is going the way they want. They're throwing it more than they did last year. Last year, 54%. I got the number written down here. It was 50, 53 and change to 46 and 47 and change. Um, they threw the ball less percentage-wise of plays run than anyone in the National Football League. 32nd in the amount of passes that they threw as compared to running plays in the entire league last year. That's going to change this year. So Miles isn't going to be busting out, uh, breaking into the top five. But let's say he's in the top ten. And the Eagles are running it less. And Miles is playing well. And, oh, by the way, he's healthy for every single snap for the first six games. Does Howie at least engage with his agent? Does he say, listen, uh, we're, we're not going to make Miles a top three, five, ten. But here's a good above the mid, the median per uh, average year salary scale for a guy like Miles Sanders with some pretty good guaranteed money. That they at least have that conversation to see if Miles wants to stay in Philadelphia or does Miles' agent, they have the conversation, Miles' agent goes, no, 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 I'm doing well. I'm taking this to free A. I'm going to go let the market be set by the entire National Football League. Is there not a chance for a conversation if Miles is playing? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, and staying healthy for the first quarter to half of the season. Yeah, I mean, Howie's always going to have the conversation, but Howie's going to try to get it at under market value. So, yeah, I mean, the real question is, does Miles have a bad agent? Uh, you know, I mean, if he has a really bad agent, he's willing to take uh, under market value in that type of instance. Sure, the Eagles will jump on that. I just can't see it happening. That's why I said if he plays yeah, but well. Let me, let me ask you a question. And I know you had a good, uh, you said stated this earlier. Those guys that signed last year, th there's a chance that – 
I don't know if Sweat would have gotten more. Um, yeah, he, he didn't exactly he didn't exactly kill it in the second half of the season. Mylotta did. Maddox was probably Maddox. Um, they, 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 how he didn't like rob anybody blind last well, year. Oh, he robbed my lot of blind. He robbed my lot of blind at that position. He robbed him blind. Uh, Dallas yeah, got was under, my lot was a seventh round pick. I'm telling you, if he would have hit free agency, Jody, I mean, I sweat as well at his age. Now, you know what would sweat more because of the injuries, because of the knee. Um, Maybe we'll put him to the side. They all would have got more money, all of them, even sweat. But there's a, at least a little bit more concern. Um, and that's why the Eagles do it the way they do it. You know, if you look at the top paid running backs, you, you can forget McCaffrey and Elliott and Kamara and Cook uh, and Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb. I'm looking at the top. These are the top paid uh, seven is Aaron Jones, twelve million average annual uh, value. Joe Mixon's twelve. Saquon, it really drops off between Joe Mixon and Saquon, right? Um, which is still seven point eight. And then Naheem, Naheem Hines, right? All right, good player. Moss could be Naheem Hines, not from a pass catching perspective, but from an overall value perspective. He's at 6.2. The Eagles aren't paying 6.2 at running back. They're just okay. not. They just don't value the position. They don't value the position. And I think Miles knows that. Miles' agent certainly knows that. Um, but let me let me ask you a question, John. Who in the league is going to? Oh, there's always somebody. Because there are teams that – and that's why you have those names. I just mentioned the names, Right. Uh, McCaffrey. Now he's been. Well, injured. he's not going to be any of those guys. He's not going to be Christian yeah. Caffrey. Alvin but there's McCarrie, always there's always or, or Derrick Henry or Nick Chubb or Aaron, well maybe Aaron Jones. That's the first one that you come to. Do you go? All right, Miles could be him, but that's seven deep, and now you're already down. Well, there's a couple of guys to overpay. Yeah, you're probably right. If Aaron Jones is making twelve million, why can't Miles Sanders think that I can make twelve million too? Yeah, exactly. And there's right. So there's seven guys. So there's at least seven teams willing to go to that level. You know that there's always teams that say, all right, I don't have a great quarterback. So maybe I have to go a different route and build around um, a, a great running back. Now, I don't know if anybody's going to say um, Miles Sanders is a great running back. I certainly wouldn't. I think he's a good player. Um but you have, I mean, of those top, it really gets to six. I mean, McCaffrey was great before the injuries. Elliott was great. Uh, he's not now. Kamara's great. Uh, Cook's great. Henry's great. Chubb's great. And Jones is probably the, the demarcation line. Very good, but he's probably not in their category. Um but he's still very good. Mixon, same. I would put him there as well. Uh, Saquon's more to do with being the second overall pick, which is just a horrific right. decision by the which, Giants. Which, oh, by the way, if they hit the market together, who's going to get a better contract, Saquon or Miles? Depends on who plays well this year. I mean, they're right. both. They're both. You know, Saquon's been so injury prone as well. 
Saquon's got more talent. I mean, right. Saquon's incredibly They're talented. Former former teammates that will yeah. be trying for that same big hunk of pie this offseason. Good luck to both of them because, yeah, how they play this year will probably decide who's going to get yeah. the most money. All right, John McMullen, Jordan McDonald here with you on Birds 365. We see Marcus Hayes prepping to jump aboard and join us today. He's up next here on Birds Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. The faces you know, the team you trust. The Delaware Valley's leading news program, Action News. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Thank you very much for jumping in today. We also thank our next guest. Always good to get Marcus A's Daily News WIP on to give us non-mincing words opinions. That's what Marcus brings to the table. Doesn't mince any words, and that's why we love having him on. 
All right, Marcus, lay up the start. Um, and you'll figure out why I'm asking the question. If Jordan Mailata should turn an ankle in game one against Detroit, who are the Eagles putting in at left tackle? It's not a layup at all. <laughs> I mean, you know, one of the – go on a tangent here. One of the most frustrating things about covering these guys who have never held real jobs before is they think they're smarter than everybody else in the league. If you can't tell me who your backup tackle is because it's a competitive advantage oh. for the other team, then that just shows me that you are an absolute clown. That See, no, that's why I said it was a layup, because I knew you were going there, because you think that way, John thinks that way, I think that way. What is, come I mean, on, you're a laugh, you're a these state secrets they're keeping from Oh, us. my Lord, Marcus, we heard I mean, that so many times I yesterday. I guess it's Driscoll, right? Uh, I think they're going to elevate LaRaven Clark. Okay, we'll, whatever. We'll, but, we'll see. But I mean, but, no, no, Detroit is not like, oh my God. What no, if they I know. What if they uh, elevate LaRaven Clark? Where, All that where, LaRaven where? Clark tape we have, we better, we better delve yeah, into that. Exactly. And, I mean, and it's, we're it's, asking, it's, it's, who, who's going to be the punt returner, Marcus? Who's going to be the punt returner? Oh, we can't possibly tell them that. Well, yeah, they all stink. All your options stink. Detroit doesn't care. Dave Bip doesn't care. There's right. no competitive unless advantage. Have, unless you have a weapon. Yeah. You know, unless you're like unless you have Andre Dillard. And you're like, okay, well, we're not sure if if somehow there was a question going into yesterday about who your left tackle was and Andre Dillard hadn't broken his arm then, okay, you can argue that there's a competitive advantage that Andre Dillard might have fallen behind LaRaven if LaRaven was, you know, no, if LaRaven was active. Yeah. But this is, this is, uh, it's amateurish, it's sophomoric. It It makes them look like absolute clowns. And it makes them look really insecure. It makes them look like they don't know how to ride the bike. And, and, you know, if they were to have, say, Darius Slay back there returning punts, okay, that would show them. They're not going to do that, though. It's going to be Britton Kobe or Boston Scott or Quez Watkins, and nobody cares. And you're right, Marcus. And and by the way, this is Nick Sirianni because Nick instructs his coaches. And I remember, I think it was Hard Knocks last year or something where he said, if that ever comes out, if you guys ever do something like that, let something schematic out, you know, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. They're, they do things so simply, defensively. They run, I've been saying it for months, they run Big Spangio's scheme. So does half the league. Everybody knows it. They're not, they're not hiding anything. Offensively, it's RPO heavy. It's it's college based. It's one, two, three progression. Go. Who are they fooling? What what where is the competitive advantage? They don't run motion. What what what, what are we talking about here? And and I know you and I agree with you, by the way. It's a very talented team. Howie's done a great job building this roster. There is a bit of cockiness, a big a bit of haughtiness, I think, for this team. They think they're good. They're probably going to be good. But why? Why? Does this – at well, the are, end of the day, it probably doesn't matter. But why? Well, there are two entities on this team who have demonstrably – who have shown themselves to be demonstrably not good at their jobs a couple of different times. That's Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman. And nobody's cockier than Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman. I mean, Howie Roseman did a horrible job after the Super Bowl and did such a bad job before they went to the Super Bowl that they 
Jeffrey Lurie made him hire two guys who who understood how to evaluate talent and Andy Weidel and Joe Douglas. You know, I mean, the insecurity and the immaturity of how they're acting and what their policies are right now is really disappointing because how is not a bad guy and Nick no. seems to be a pretty decent guy. But they're making themselves look like, like they're just making themselves look bad, and they're doing it on a consistent basis. And when Doug did the same thing, Doug Peterson did a lot of the same stuff in front of the, the microphone. He's very defensive. He's very insecure. And when it came time to defend Doug, nobody was willing to, because he had he had condescended to the degree that it wasn't worth your time to defend him, even if fairness was uh, was sacrificed. Marcus, who is the September, what's today's date, 7th, 2022 equivalent of Andy Weidel or Joe Douglas on the Philadelphia Eagles right now? There is none. It's all Howie. Okay. Well, all... Did, but do we think Howie's doing a good job? I don't know. I mean, the, 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 big, the big thing Joe Douglas brought, and, and Andy Weidel to a degree too, is they were really good at evaluating veteran talent. You know, when they went to the Super Bowl, they didn't go because Derek Barnett blew everybody's doors off. They went because they had a, a they had veteran running backs that Andy Weidel and Joe Douglas acquired. They and Howie gets a lot of credit for that, but it wasn't Howie. The the difference between the 2016 team's mistakes and the 2017 team's successes were the addition of veterans who played well, including Nick Foles, and. That was Jeffrey Lurie. So um, all that said, Howie Roseman is in charge, so he deserves the credit. You, you know, you, nobody, he, no, no moves yeah. are made without his final say, but we don't know whether Howie has had a good year or not. You know, Hassan Reddick might have five sacks. He might have 15. Um, well, since we've gone down this Howie road, we, we know that there was tremendous – turnover in the Eagles front office uh, this year. And it was ironic because they've lost so many people over the past few years, really, Marcus. With, you know, because they wouldn't give out that assistant GM title. The NFL is very weird with their rules as far as uh, blocking people where they can go for potential promotions. But essentially, they wouldn't give that title out. And then they gave the title out. The two people that were sort of off the radar, they're not personnel people, Alec Alibi, analytics background mainly. John Ferrari is sort of the football compliance guy, very good with the rules and things like that. Is that um, some of that what you described as insecurity in, in the fact that, you know, if there's no Joe Douglas – as assistant GM, if there's no Andy Weidel, if there's no Brandon Hunt, whoever, personnel guy, Brandon Brown who left, um, Ian Cunningham who left, is it purposeful not to put a personnel guy in that assistant GM title? Right. You you block you block your personnel guys, excuse me, from becoming assistant GMs. And at this point, how he's still getting feedback, right? but he's not getting official feedback and his two lieutenants aren't going to the uh, senior bowl and checking out the, you know, the, the, the grunts grinding in the trenches, you know? So look, this is all how, how he is, how he has reascended 
despite firing a Super Bowl quarter uh, coach to appease a quarterback that he ticked off by drafting a, another quarterback in the second round, which shouldn't have ticked him off, but how he should have been able to see that coming. You know, his mismanagement of the 2020 and 21 or 2019 and 21 Eagles were, was epic. And he has somehow reascended higher than ever. He has complete power, complete control. And Jeffrey Lurie has stepped back. Well, I, I would tell you that Jeff Lurie had a big hand in firing Doug Peterson. I don't know that that was Howie. I think that was more the owner. Well, you, have to, be able to, you have to be able to manage up. If you think Doug Peterson should have been fired, then that th- this conversation's over. That's fine. But Howie Roseman has to be able to tell Doug Peterson you shouldn't fire – or tell Jeffrey Lurie you shouldn't fire uh, Doug Peterson because of Carson Wentz. Or you shouldn't fire Doug Peterson because he wants to hire his own assistants or whatever combination of things. Doug Peterson's a good football coach, and he's better than Nick Sirianni. So that said, you know, Howie Roseman, if he's responsible for everything else, he's responsible for managing up as well. And, you know, I don't think he did a very good job of that in some instances, but in saving his own skin and elevating himself, he's been masterful at it. <laughs> he certainly has. And I do give Howie credit. I think he's done a good job this offseason of rebuilding this roster. But that brings me to the expectations, Marcus, because they are reaching a fevered pitch. I think people are going overboard uh, with this team and with their potential skipping steps, so to speak. Now, it, 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 we all talk about the quarterback, and that's obvious. If, if he doesn't progress, that could probably create some underachievement. Injuries is always a big part of the NFL. That's what the NFL is. It's a war of attrition. So I'm going to take those two off the table because you've mentioned this coaching staff. If the Eagles are going to underachieve from these expectations, and again, take those injuries, take the quarterback off the table, is it be, will it be because of the coaching staff? Um, I don't know. I think so. But I am not one of these people who believes that, you know, James Bradbury is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I am not one of these people that believes Hassan Reddick is anything more than a product of circumstance. I think he's good. But I don't think he's Pro Bowl level good. I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to average thirty five. He's going to aggregate thirty five sacks over three seasons because he'd need twelve this year to get that right. I think the coaching staff is scared of itself. I think it's scared to fail, and I don't think that you can win that way. Um, and I the the biggest issue I have with what you just said is that I believe in two thousand twenty. Carson Wentz was so bad that the rest of the team looked worse around him than it should. I believe in 2021, they had the best offensive line in football, one of the better defensive lines in football until Brandon Graham got hurt and played in maybe the worst division in the history of the NFL. So I picked them to win 11 or 12 games last year. I think they underachieved mainly because the coach didn't understand what he lacked in his quarterback. The quarterback wasn't very good, period. So I guess my issue is I think they've underachieved the last two years and the coaching staffs were different. All that said, I think they're a 12, 11 or 12 win team if they can just manage 
opposing quarterbacks. To me, it's not Jalen Hurts. You know what you have in Jalen Hurts, and you can you can work around him. He's not going to lose you many football games. But if you look at what the – I think it was nine quarterbacks did last year. Well, they faced ten such quarterbacks this year. Let me see. We've got um, – We've got Minnesota, Washington twice. Carson Wentz was very, very good the first two-thirds of last season. You've got Arizona. You've got Dallas. You've got Indianapolis, if you think Matt Ryan's good. You've got Aaron Rodgers. You've got uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill, who's been to two Pro Bowls, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, you know, some people think Jameis Winston's going to be an, uh, an MVP candidate. This well, he's going to put up well, let numbers. Me, let me ask that. about the list that you just put out there, Marcus. Mm-hmm. How many of those guys are top ten quarterbacks? It's irrelevant. They just need to be. They just need to be competent. Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo destroyed them last year. That's destroyed fair. them. Wait a minute. What what was that final score? The uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head what it was. Destroyed the, that, that, that was a Jimmy game Garoppolo. the Eagles absolutely could have won. Jimmy G didn't destroy them. Well, from the Dude, standpoint of this, completion percentage let numbers, let me ask you this: time, Did they stop him? The Eagles, the no, Eagles struggled with that game because they didn't score, not because Jimmy G did anything specific he the, against he was them. The better, he was the better quarterback, and he looked good against that defense. I mean, it is what it is. You can say what you like. They lost. The most they important lost again. That's true. The they most, lost the most to Jimmy G. But that's right. not what you said. You said Jimmy G destroyed them last year. He did. He didn't for Jimmy happen. G. Absolutely. So, so any game you lose, the hmm. other quarterback gets credit for destroying the opposition. Jody, I was at the game. I thought he played very, very well, and he beat that team. That team that was that was that was supposed to be beating them. My point is this, okay? This is the only point. Almost every time they faced a competent quarterback with a decent team, they were dismantled. They had no chance. Okay, so do, that includes Jared Goff. Think about this: if Jared Goff had had a better team. If they'd faced Jared Goff in December instead of October, November, whenever it was, is that outcome the same? Jared Goff was pretty good down the stretch. Wouldn't be 44 to 6, but... Well, they sacked him five. The Eagles sacked walk him away with a win, yeah. which means they would well, have destroyed I mean, the Detroit it, Lions. It's fair to say. Anytime a team wins, you destroy the other team's quarterback. It's fair to say they struggled with veteran quarterbacks when it came to certainly completion percentage. You know, one of the things Jonathan Gannon's whole sentiment is, you know, stop explosive plays um, and create turnovers. Nick Sirianni actually believes that as well from the offensive perspective. Those are the two statistics the Eagles coaching staff harps on. Explosive plays and turnovers. They believe if you win both of those categories, you're going to win the vast majority of games, which, you know, statistically, they that that bears out. The problem is when you have veteran quarterbacks, they're willing to go on those 15-play drives. They're willing. The whole mentality seems to be, all right, well – if, if we keep everything underneath, they're going to make a mistake at some point. It might be a holding call that sets you back. It might be a false start. It might be a turnover. But then you have the, the Brady's and the cars of the world at the top level. I think Derek Carr completed, what, 90% against them? Yeah, he, he um, beat the snot out of the Eagles. That's fair yeah. to say. So, you know, when you have somebody who's willing to take those tiny little increments and just you know, methodically march down the field, 
the Eagles had some issues with those veteran-type quarterbacks. My question to you, Marcus, is because they're not changing their philosophy. Does the additional talent, whether it's Jordan Davis, whether it's Reddick, as you mentioned, Bradbury, who you're not as high on as some people, Kaiser White, could be Marcus Epps, could be Nicobe Dean. Today, can the Eagles out-talent people now more than they did last season? I think more, but I think their competition's better too, especially, you know, think about the quarterbacks they faced over the last five or six games. You know, I mean, what kind of fool's gold are we looking at? And by the way, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo had a hundred passer rating against them last year. I think that might've been his second best game and maybe one of his three best games yeah. in the last I'm three seasons. Jimmy stinks. Yeah, that isn't, that's not good. I mean, when you give up a hundred to he, Jimmy. He threw four hundred to 200 yards, Marcus. And he won, and he he was 22 for 30. I mean, he is what he is. That's a very good Jimmy Garoppolo game, and that's exactly what they needed to do to win. But to answer your question, I mean, I don't know if Jordan Davis can make it through an NFL game. You know, I don't know that James Bradbury is going to thrive in this system. I don't know if Hassan Reddick is going to be as dynamic on this line. I think he's probably the best bet. But there's a reason why Kaiser White got $3 million in a one-year deal after 144 That's true. That's I mean, true. How, how much better – how much of an upgrade is that? I mean, the, the one guy – of all the people that they signed this year, the, all the people they acquired this year, even, even with A.J. Brown, the wide receiver that they traded a first-round pick for, the guy I want to see play is N'Kobe Dean because I think he's the difference maker that this defense needs if he gets on the field. If he could stay on the field, cover tight ends, get to the quarterback – and make big plays in the middle, that's what they've lacked for a long, long time. All right, Marcus, this is a two-parter. Number one, what you think's going to happen. And number two, if Marcus Hayes were in charge, what I would like to do. Last year, the Eagles were the number one rushing team, not only in most yards, but in percentage of plays called running the football. 52.7% last year, they ran the football over past the football. Number one in the National Football League. They went out and got a wide receiver and paid him uh, $100 million. They didn't get him to block. They're going to try and throw him the football. So we expect the number to move toward more passing. How much is it going to move? What does Marcus Hayes think the Eagles' percentage run to pass is going to be by the end of the season? Do you think they have it right? Do you agree with the strategy? I think it's going to move to about 40-60, maybe (laughs) 42-58. Maybe a little bit, maybe even a little bit less than that. Run versus pass. I think that it will ebb and flow. I think they're going to be very matchup oriented because that's that's what almost got Nick Sirianni fired last year. Not understanding what his quarterback couldn't do. Um, I think you're going to be very disappointed at AJ Brown's numbers at the end of the year. Devontae Smith, I think, will have a very very good year. But the guy who's going to benefit the most is Dallas Goddard. You know, that's going to open up the field for Dallas Goddard. And they're going to, if anything, if anything comes of this year versus last year, it's that Jalen Hurts will be forced to throw between the hash marks. That I think that's the big coaching point for the Eagles and for, for Hurts. It's one, two, boom, one, two, boom, one, two, boom. And it's unfortunate he couldn't figure that out last year because he had Zach Hurts last year as well with Dallas Goddard. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So... Uh, but to answer your question, I mean, I think it's going to be relatively close. It's not going to be, you know, 
uh, 35-65. Um, you're not going to have three runs in one game as they did last year, three rushing attempts in one in one game like they did last year. But there's going to be more, and it's going to hurt them. You know, because Jalen Hurts just isn't that, isn't that good. And he's got better weapons, but that's not necessarily – that doesn't make Jalen Hurts, you know, empirically better. It gives him better chances, better opportunities. But there is no defensive coordinator that they're going to face who wouldn't gladly – wouldn't be begging them to throw 55 or 60% of the time. Yeah, that's where I am. I, I've been on this since early in the process, Marcus. Everybody's got that Todd Bowles tape in for the Eagles right now. And and they're seeing what Todd Bowles did against Philadelphia. Now, some don't have the talent to replicate it, but they're going to try. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my issue, and you said Jalen's not that good. I'm not. I'm not going to go that far. I think he's a, a competent NFL starting quarterback, but I think he's a very unique one, and I think you have to accentuate what he does well. And we all know what Jeffrey Lurie wants and what Jeffrey Lurie believes, and he wants the high octane passing offense. And I agree with him. That's the easiest way to win in the modern NFL. But they don't have that quarterback right now. So if they just say, we're going to throw the ball more because we have A.J. Brown, is that doing a disservice to Jalen Hurts? In other words, he can be more impactful in the same offense that was successful at the end of last season because he has better talent. But assuming he's going to turn into Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow and we're going to throw the football all over the lot, I, I think that's doing a disservice to Jalen Hurts. Am I wrong on that? No, of course not. I mean, but let's let's understand what the NFL is about, okay? <clears throat> if you're a head coach, if you're an offense coordinator, if you're a quarterback's coach, and you go to a team with a young quarterback who's raw, if that quarterback doesn't progress, then you get fired. It's just True. that simple. I yeah. mean, they, they are – all in on Jalen Hurts. Howie Roseman's all in on Jalen Hurts because he picked him and he screwed up the chemistry of his team. Uh, Nick Sirianni's all in on Jalen Hurts because, look, think of all the quarterback gurus, including the guy they fired who just got hired to coach a young quarterback in Jacksonville. Uh, Shane Steichen, this might be his last shot as an offensive coordinator. And uh, Brian, uh, the quarterback's coach, Brian, Brian Johnson. Johnson. Brian I always want to call him Brian McDonald for some reason. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's probably Jody McDonald on my mind. Could be, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I take the blame. That's not a – I got big shoulders. <laughs> but those guys, if, if Jalen Hurts doesn't progress, take a big step in his third season, his third full season being coached at the NFL level, uh, you know, he's not a full-time starter for three seasons, but he got coached a lot as a rookie. By good a good staff, if he doesn't take a big step forward in his third season, then you can not only is it his future that's in question; it's his offensive handlers' futures that are in question. All right, Marcus, let me get your read on a team that the Eagles will not be playing during the regular season; may play in the playoffs. Uh, one of the better NFC teams, and that's the San Francisco 49ers. My partner has them potentially going to the Super Bowl this year. You just said you think Howie Roseman screwed up the team chemistry in 2020 when he drafted Jalen Hurts. How's the chemistry going to work in the quarterback room for the 49ers this year when Jimmy G, a guy who I think you uh, actually 
consider a player is sitting there as the backup to a kid who's done nothing so far in his NFL career, and they bring Jimmy G back to be his backup? How is that chemistry going to work for the 49ers this year? Well, obviously, it's not ideal, but Jimmy G is not Carson Wentz. The, the X factor in all of this is that Carson Wentz is insecure. Jimmy G is not insecure. You know, well, no, uh, but the question is, is Trey Lance insecure? No, I think the, the, the issue with uh, the, the comp, the comp was Carson versus Jimmy G and the situation. Well, the comp is the starter against the starter and the starter was Carson Wentz and the starter is Trey Lance. Well, I've answered your question. The, the answer is Jimmy G is not Carson Wentz. Jimmy G can handle it. Carson Wentz couldn't. No. Yeah, yeah, Carson, you know, Carson had some uh, insecurity issues. We'll use that term as well. Uh, I think Jimmy knows his lots. And, you know, by redoing his deal, he's got a better opportunity to force a trade um, and get another opportunity somewhere else to be a starter. Uh, nobody was going to pay Jimmy Garoppolo the money that was on his original contract to be a to be a starter. So they do the best they can. Kyle Shanahan, I think, handled that situation horribly. And I love Kyle Shanahan as a coach, but he would throw Jimmy under the bus on the on the regular. You're not creating trade value by doing that. But that's a very good football team, and I I I pick him. I'm picking him to go to the Super Bowl, Marcus, because I don't know if Trey Lance can play at all. Jody's pretty, I'm not a Trey Lance fan. I think he's got to be better than Jimmy. And they made a Super Bowl with Jimmy and they should have made another one with Jimmy because the rest of their talent is so good in a lot of ways. And I'll bring this back to the Eagles and last one for me, because I know you got to run down to the Novacare complex uh, and follow Marcus at ink stained wretch on Twitter, read them inquire.com. Listen to him on WIP sports radio um the eagles are kind of to me they should build like the 49ers the 49ers have the great running scheme the eagles have the great running scheme 49ers have the tremendous defense the eagles probably don't have the game record uh that the 49ers have in nick bosa but um that's how you get there they've been to the super bowl they should have won the super bowl they outplayed kansas city for the vast majority of that game if Chikoski Tart, our old friend for a month, intercepts the football <laughs> last year, they're old, in the Super Bowl again. Our old shouldn't, friend for a month. Yeah. <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't that be what the Eagles are doing? Replicate Honestly, that. I don't think that you I don't think that the owner can allow that to happen in his own mind. And it's not just what happened in 2017, it's what happened in 2018. He saw what Andy Reid did with that quarterback and those receivers in that scheme. And the, the, the degree of envy and the degree of, I don't know, remorse was so high that they drafted Jalen Rager. You know, it's, it, it's the owner will never allow a team like that to exist in his stadium. He will oh, never, on. Uh, not hold on, on purpose. Hold on, hold on. I gotta get this straight. Howie Roseman told us yesterday one of the part of the reason they drafted Jalen Rager was because Greg Ward had such a good year the <laughs> year before. What the hell was Howie talking about there? I like your philosophy better here that they were attempting to recreate Tyreek Hill. That's why oh, no. they took Jalen Rager, you're saying? Yeah, I wrote that years ago. 
um, when Jeffrey Lurie saw there was a there was a graphic in that Super Bowl where I think the fastest team in the NFL, you know, man, man for man was San Francisco, actually. And the second fastest was Kansas City. When he saw that graphic, he t- told Howie Roseman, we got to get more speed. We got to get faster at all costs. We have to get faster. And that explains if you look at their draft that year, all they did was draft fast guys, you know? So, and this happened, you know, I was, I was told this happened. I wrote it. They've never refuted it. You know, I've seen Jeffrey Lurie five times since he's never said that's not true, but that's what Jeffrey Lurie wants. And that's what he believes wins in the NFL. Now, I think you can win a lot of different ways. I think you're like, as John said, the most likely path to success is, you know, you get a couple of tackles, put a really good quarterback between them, and then you fill in with, you know, as much speed or talent or whatever is you can. I mean, Tom Brady has proven to us that you create receivers. You can create stars if you're protected and you're good. But, and that's what Jeffrey Lurie wants because the only person he's been nearly as jealous of as Andy Reid is Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Uh, and the, he, he and the other 30 owners around the National Football League, too, when it comes to Belichick yeah. and Brady. Mark, it's great stuff. We love having you on the show whenever you can come on. Thanks for coming on today before you head down to the Novacare. Uh, we will get you up again in a good couple of weeks. Thanks for jumping Thanks on. for having me. I'll go pick up my check from Jimmy Garoppolo now. Yes, yeah. uh, the big Jimmy G fan. is. Thanks, Marcus Mark. He can afford it, Marcus. Make That's right. That's right. Forward. Yeah. Take care, Jim, boys. Jim, Jimmy Thanks, G Mark. doesn't need... Marcus to start a GoFundMe page for him. I know he he had to take a major pay cut this year to stay in San Francisco. Yeah, John, I got bad news for you. That thing's going to blow up. That uh, is going I, to go south in so. San Francisco because Kyle Kyle knows what he wants and he doesn't want uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, now, if Trey Lance can't play, Trey Lance can't play, and then you go back to Jimmy Garoppolo, and you're at the same position you were. I do think Marcus is right. When when we're talking about Carson Wentz, like Carson, Jimmy doesn't strike me as being an insecure guy. He's just gonna um, play. Yeah, but see, Marcus didn't understand it. You don't understand that now. Here's the point I'm trying to make. Maybe it's wrong, but I'm talking about the starter. Trey Lance is the starter, and I think he could be looking over his shoulder, insecure. Chemistry is not good because part of the locker yeah. room wants to see well, the that's my play point, though, and part Jerry. of the, 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 the locker room wants to see the starter play. That's the the, the comparison isn't between Garoppolo and, and Wentz. It's between Trey Lance and Wentz because they're the starting quarterbacks. And if moves made by the team at the quarterback position behind them throw the team out of whack, that's where I compare yeah. what happened in well, that's where that's where in San Francisco. That that's where the coach comes in, and the coach has made it clear for years. The coach made it clear on his, in his, on the way to the Super Bowl that he needed to get better at quarterback. So I think everybody's on board with that. Now, if Trey Lance can't play, Trey Lance can't play, and then you go back to the veteran quarterback. And Tone's got a great line: "Jimmy's beautiful and rich. Why would he be insecure?" Um, you know, he's got porn stars trying to have sex with him. Uh, he, he, yeah, he's not insecure. Can Trey Lance? I know nothing about Trey Lance, Jody. It's not about Trey Lance. I'm saying if Trey Lance can play a little bit better than Jimmy Garoppolo, which is not a high bar, um, 
they're better and they're already good. If you can't, then you just go back to the default setting and you're good. Your you, you, your margin of error is what it is, um, but you've already proven you can go pretty far in this league with that margin of error. So that's why I don't have any problem with rolling the dice. I expect the kid to be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Again, to me, that's not a high bar. To you, it might be a higher bar. If he's not, though, all right, I go back to Jimmy and try keep trying to get better uh, moving forward. I, I don't think it's an issue because the backup can handle I'm not worried about the starter. The starter can either play or he can't. Right. And if he can't, just, just, just bench him. Here's, here's my point. Um, and I don't know the answer off the top of my head. I'll look it up when the show's over. If you don't know the answer off the top of your head, you look it up. When was the last time a team went to the Super Bowl pulling their quarterback in the middle of the season because he wasn't good enough and replacing him with the backup? San Francisco, Alex Smith. And he was good enough. And they pulled him for Colin Kaepernick um, because they that Jim Harbaugh was the coach at the time. And Jim Harbaugh thought there was a ceiling with Alex Smith and he thought the ceiling was higher with Colin Kaepernick turned out to be right. It was a ballsy move at the time. I thought it was a disastrous move because Alex Smith was a game manager, but he won a lot of games when he turned things around in San Francisco. But Jim thought he couldn't go to the Super Bowl with Alex Smith. There was a limitation. I don't know if he was right. He might've been wrong because they were a really good team. But they ended up going to the Super Bowl, and and they lost, and and that was the uh, the the blackout game, blackout game where they yep. were getting destroyed, and they came back. They almost won. They came back after the blackout. But yeah, that was a a ballsy move from from Jim Harbaugh, and it ended up working, at least getting to the Super Bowl. And it was San Francisco. So if everybody's going to be able to do it, maybe San Francisco is the team. Um, just not fine. But that's okay. We got a little bit of a difference in opinion. We'll come back. I need more opinions out of Johnny Mac. We're going to roll for another 15, 16 minutes there. And then John's got to follow Markets' lead and go, who are you going to see over there today? Who's who's not giving away the state Nick secrets Sirianni, today, the Johnny big Mac? one. The big one. It's the first Wednesday. It's the big practice of the week. It's a long day. Everybody. Nick Sirianni, open line. Locker room, Jalen Hurts, Dan Campbell, everybody. It's a long day, Jeff. Johnny Mack's got a lot of work ahead of him, but we got to come back and uh, finish off this edition of Birds 365. My wife was in an accident that changed our lives forever. She was in rehabilitation for years. She had to learn to walk again. She couldn't take care of herself. We couldn't afford a nurse. We were running out of options. One conversation with Pond Lee Hockey changed everything. They understood what we were going through and immediately helped us navigate the legal process. We can't thank them enough. Pond Lee Hockey, tell us your story. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze. And the Oz. Go for the bubbles. And the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. 
It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Guys, here on Birds 365, we still got a solid uh, 10 12 minutes with you here today, and then John's got to get down to the uh, Noble Care Complex because it is a busy Wednesday getting prepped for the game against the Detroit Lions on Sunday. Which, oh, by the way, Eagles will not be facing Big V, major wow. hit on the offensive line for the Lions. <clears throat> Big V, IR, gonna miss at least the four, f- first four games of the season. Um, that's a plus because Big B was a integral part of their offensive line, not the, the key piece, that'd be Panay Sewell. But uh, Big V, who the uh, Lions picked out of the Eagles' pocket a couple of years ago, has been part of that good I, uh, Lion offensive line the last couple of years. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's a starter. So anytime you lose a starter, that's never uh, positive. But the key part of their offensive line is Frank Ragnow. Frank Ragnow's back. Panay Sewell's got a, a ton of talent taylor decker also that's a underrated strength of uh the lines is the offensive line when when rag now is out there so that's going to be a little bit different it's not going to be 44 6 this year we'll save predictions but eagles are going to win the game but it's not going to be 44 6 yeah i'm I'm not going to go as crazy as 44 6 either i think they're going to win by double digits i haven't uh figured out the score just yet but uh, less less significant than 44-6. I will agree there. I right, Let me ask you about one of your guys. Week one, how much is Jordan Davis going to play? Percentage of snaps, mm, how much question. are they going to get him in there? Well, and I'm only hedging on this because I don't know how much Davon Hargrave is going to play. Um, and well, I'll know better today. You know, you sure gonna, you know, you sure that's not going to be one well, of the state, state no, secrets it is, kept it underneath is. The, the vest. 
but they have to this is the first day they have to put out an official injury report so a if he's not practicing we'll be able to tell that right away but if he is practicing they have to put some kind of designation on it so you know if he's not playing obviously it's going to be more if if Bond's healthy and they were just being pre, uh, precautionary uh, because he hadn't practiced for a while um it's going to be probably um not probably definitely much less um and i think he's going to start as a two down player i mean that's what he's going to be to start and i have no problem with that um he's there to stop the run um in obvious passing situations it's probably not going to be on the field much um uh, so 40 50% probably i would peg it at no, isn't if you're playing first and second down, doesn't that give you a chance to be on 60% of this? Well, if it's second and 12 because you made a tackle or you 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 force something, it becomes a heavy yeah, pass. All right, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it's circumstantial. But uh, if it's also third and uh, 12 inches, then you're probably going to want to leave yeah, them out. Exactly. There. Well, and that's so. why, you know, two down player doesn't mean literal two downs. Literally first and second yeah. down. Right. Just the um, description of, of, of the type of player. Got Basically, one other question for you. And I know I'm jumping weeks ahead, but it was officially announced yesterday. Mitch Trubisky has gotten a nod as the Steelers starting quarterback. Good luck, Pittsburgh. He looked good in preseason. You got to... Yeah. I'm a Tomlin guy. I think Tomlin's a really good coach. So do I. Um, he he handled the quarterback competition fairly, and I think to the benefit of all players on the team, the way that he handled it this year. And to Trubisky's credit, I think he won the job. Now, does that mean I think he's going to have a real good year? No, I don't. I just don't think enough of Mitch Trubisky and his overall talent to go, wow, it's come together for him in Pittsburgh. But I do think he should be their starting quarterback. Will he still be the starting quarterback by week eight? Because that's when the Pittsburgh Steelers come to Philadelphia to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Will Trubisky still be the man by the time the Steelers show up here? That's he's going to get benched eventually for Kenny Pickett. So the question to me is not 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 if, but when. That's why uh, I'm asking you when, McMullen. You got to yeah. tell me when. You know, in theory. You have good teams, right? So he's not going to get benched until it's clear they're out of it or it's clear that they're going to be out of it if they keep going to the Mitchell Trubisky card. It's a little bit early. I feel comfortable. But if forced to pick, I would say, yeah, week eight, you said it is. Week eight, Um, that's when the Eagles said it'd be the eighth game for the Steelers, seventh game for the Eagles because they have the bye the week before. I, I would think. More likely than not, you're going to see Kenny Pickett by that point because Baltimore will probably be out to a five and two. Somebody, Cincinnati or Baltimore, will be out to a five and two start, and they'll be two and five or something like that. And yeah, um, so I it's very light though, fifty two to forty eight percent. Okay, uh, they'll make the move that that, and it might be that week they make the move. It might be that close. See, here's the reason why I think Trubisky will still be their starter. The next week is the Steelers' bye. Oh, bye. All right. So, so you they, have that they make the change. 
during the bye. Maybe yeah, you're probably right. during the game. If the Eagles jump out to a two touchdown lead, maybe we see Kenny pick it off the bench for the Steelers. Yeah, now I'm going the other way with that information. With that new information, I'm going 52 48. Trubisky still the starter. Then he'll get benched during the bye week. And that's you, probably you, the way. you mentioned the Ravens. Can you believe they haven't gotten that Lamar? Jackson contract. Yeah, I can believe it because he doesn't have a stinking agent. Of course I can believe it. Get an agent, it'll get done. Yeah. And that's why I'm not gonna pick the Ravens either. Uh same reason I I think faith, continuity, belief in your quarterback is a must have to for a team to make the playoffs and then do something when they get there. And San Francisco doesn't have it. And I think it's gonna be a shaky season all year in Baltimore. Because people are going to be looking over there. Lamar's not running as much as he usually runs. Is Lamar protecting himself? Is Lamar worried about the fact that he doesn't have a contract? Uh, I think you need to have all your your quarterback, player, teammate relationships, coaches uh, in a row. And I'm not sure either one of those two teams do. Because they're both really talented teams. I like the Ravens roster a lot. I like San Francisco's roster a lot. What's going to push both of those teams off course? Quarterback questions. Well, yeah, I I think both situations are unique. One, Baltimore is not wavering at all from the quarterback. They just can't get something done. Nobody's even intimated. The quarterback is the one I fear is going to be wavering. Not, Not Baltimore, the actual quarterback. But you mentioned faith in the quarterback. Baltimore has faith in the quarterback. Now, San Francisco doesn't have faith in the quarterback. And I've already proven they can win when they have zero faith in the quarterback. Um, I don't know how much faith that, and by not faith, I'm talking about Jimmy. Uh, I don't know how much faith they have in Trey Lance. Again, he's a complete unknown. Um, But they had no faith in the quarterback. They took the air out of the football on the way to the Super Bowl uh, because they had no faith in the quarterback. They've, They've already proven they can traverse those waters. In the case of Baltimore, they have faith in the quarterback. So if 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 you if you're saying Lamar might not run the football because he doesn't want to get hurt, I guess. Um, But that's not to me. That's not about faith in the quarterback. That that division's not as deep as it as it usually is um, because Pittsburgh is going to take. a a pretty significant step back and Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended for the vast majority of the year. So I think it becomes a, it turns a four horse race into a two horse race. And, you know, Baltimore's a good football team. Cincinnati's good. Um, And I think those, those issues hampering Pittsburgh and and Cleveland are going to help elevate those two teams. That's that's fair. I'm not high on either Pittsburgh or, or Cleveland this year either. All right, Johnny Mac, so when you go down and hang out with your beat guys today, tell them your partner Jody Mac said today, the Eagles are winning 12 games and the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. Wow. I am on the record on both fronts. I've gone from 11 to 12. There's a chance that somebody's going to win 13 games in the NFC. I It could even be the Eagles. I'm sticking at 12. I'm not going to 13. I'm staying at 12. So I don't know about. We uh, know. Well, I'll tell you this. We know who's going to be the popular one on this show this year. And it's not going to be me. All right. Well, yeah, I'm I'm a game ahead of you. 
And McMullen's picking 11. It's not like he's saying the Eagles yeah. are going to stink. He's got him at the Super he's Bowl. Got him 11 at six. I'm not picking the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm so, picking the yeah. Super Bowl. 11 hate. wins NFC East title. I don't. I don't think that's hating. I don't not think hating, that's hating at all. But where I do disagree with you is yes, the Eagles will go further than the San Francisco 49ers this year. Uh, I'm going to the Super Bowl, so they have to be further. But uh, I have more faith in the quarterback blow up in San Francisco than you do, which will give us something to look at every single uh, week during the season. All right, partner, uh, safe trip down to the uh, Wells Fargo to uh, the Novacare Complex. Uh, see if you can get anybody to tell you anything today. Good <laughs> luck with that. Competitive advantage. We're yeah. going to keep that in-house, Jody. I'm going to keep my thoughts about that in-house. No, that, that doesn't work, my friend. If you're here on Birds 365, you got to speak <laughs> your mind. Like Marcus Hayes does. Except what the was he talking about? Jimmy Garoppolo killed the Eagles? He threw for under 200 yards. They put up 70 points. Yeah, How he the hell did he kill the he Eagles? He did complete 73% of his passes. I think that's where Marcus was going. But, you know, 73 yeah, you I'm can't sorry. let quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Quarterback in the NFL throws for under 200 yards. You cannot then, after the fact, describe that and put no. up 17 points as well, you he can. killed the opposition. No, I'm sorry. It can't you can if you uh, are the owner of the Eagles. Remember, the unstoppable. When unstoppable Nate Sudfeld, who we'll see this week, I think he threw for 130 yards, and the Eagles owner called him unstoppable. Well, uh, we can agree to disagree. All right, partner, uh, safe travels down to uh, the uh, Novacare. And I say you and I do it again tomorrow. You up for it? Yeah, let's do it day to day. Let's see if I get through Wednesday. But I plan on being here, Jody. We'll see everybody back here on Birds 365 in 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.